With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Monday, April the 17th, 2023. It is currently 1048 a.m. Central Time. Well, today's focus, yesterday's sermon and birds. Yesterday's sermon and birds. That is today's focus. Let me say it one more time. The focus for today, what I want you to focus on is yesterday's sermon and birds, or I could say yesterday's sermons, plural, and birds, because I don't know how many sermons you heard yesterday, right? Did you hear only one? Did you hear a Sunday school lesson and a morning sermon and an evening sermon? Did you get like three hours of solid teaching yesterday? Well, what do birds have to do with that teaching? Now, it is Monday, so I think it's a perfect time to have this discussion. So let's talk about it. Are you ready? Are you ready to focus in for today? All right, let's talk about this. People all across the United States of America woke up yesterday. Many of them got dressed, got in a car, and drove to a place of worship. They drove to a church. They walked in to a sanctuary. They walked into a Sunday school class. And Bibles were opened, right? Bibles were open, and people taught from the Word of God, maybe a good, solid Sunday school lesson, and maybe the sermon was awesome. Maybe you went home and that was it. That's all you did. Maybe you skipped Sunday school. You just went to the to the morning sermon. Maybe you you got three hours of teaching. But here's the thing. It's Monday now. It's Monday now. What happened to that sermon? Where is that sermon today? Is that sermon Really, in your mind today, do you even remember it? Do you remember the points? 
do you remember the points? But but that's all you do. You remember the points. In other words, by by middle of today, by tomorrow, you're, even the points are going to be gone. But I mean, really, you just heard a sermon. Nothing really happened. Nothing really changed. Nothing of significance occurred. You heard a sermon. What did you do? Did you get in the car and criticize the sermon all the way home? Did you get home and criticize the sermon while the sermon was going on? Were you sitting there trying to prove that the pastor was wrong? I mean, what really happened with yesterday's sermon? What Do you even remember it? Millions of sermons were preached. It's now Monday. What happened to those sermons? I really want you to think about that. I want you to really think about yesterday's sermon at your church. Have you given it much thought? Have you spent any time meditating on it? Will you at any point in time between yesterday and next Sunday, will you stop to even, even if you took notes, will you even look at them? Will you, will you review those notes even one time? What happened to yesterday's sermon? Well, with that in mind, let's now listen to some audio that connects yesterday's sermon, well, to some birds. Did some birds show up yesterday? Did some birds show up today? What are we talking about? Well, let's listen to this. Here we go. Pay close attention to this audio. Beware of the birds. How Satan sabotages sermons. Written and read by Greg Morse. Every Sunday morning, they perch among us. Listen closely and you can hear their wings flapping overhead. Singing voices have quieted. The preacher mounts his summit. The book is laid open. As the people fidget in the pew, readying to hear God speak through a man, the crows and ravens stir in anticipation. Cause and muffled croaks murmur in the rafters. Some sound eerily like a chuckle. Jesus heard them as he got up to preach. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed some Seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Mark 4, 3 and 4. As a preacher begins to scatter the good seed of God's word about the congregation, it meets the path, the hard and trampled, unplowed and unhumbled heart. Disinterest, distraction, carelessness, laziness, ignorance, all keep the seed out. The truth of Christ, of sin of salvation, goes into the person's ear, rests atop the heart, never to enter it. Hearing they do not hear, seeing they do not see. They never hear the word enough to turn or be forgiven. Yet the seed does not remain atop the hardened path. Jesus watches it get eaten by birds. They watch from above. Heads jerk, up, down, left, tilt. Eyes scour below, looking for seed uncovered, defenseless, there. The kernel rests for a moment, exposed, swoop. A dark flash falls as lightning from heaven. The seed disappears. The word about the dying God, the word of life, the word of warning, gone, devoured. Perhaps... Birds... You see where we're going with this today, right? Today's focus is about yesterday's sermons and birds. 
how many birds swept down and took the seed that was sown from the preaching of God's word from you. Now, again, they read from Mark chapter four. We're going to listen to the rest of this, but Mark chapter four, verse three. If you'll look at verse one, and he began, and he began again to teach by the sea. So Jesus is teaching. Look at Mark four, two. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. So Jesus is teaching. And then he says, hearken. Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Now, we could ask, is the focus here on the birds, or is the focus here on the the, the soil, the ground, that it fell on the wayside? Should we focus on the bird, or should we focus on our own heart? Is it the bird's fault or is it our fault? Is it the bird's fault that it will sweep down and take that seed? Or is it our fault because we won't take the seed that is being sown and really grab on to it and allow it into us, that we bring it into ourselves in a sense that we sit there and we're like, oh, here's the seed. Now I'm going to go home and I'm going to, in a sense, take that seed and I'm going to make sure it's planted deep inside of me or Do we just say that's not my responsibility at all? That's up to God to pull that off. A lot of different ways we could look at this, right? Is it the bird's fault or is it our fault? Are we upset? Oh, those birds, they're all over. They're perched all around us in in church. And here it comes. The bird comes down and grabs that seed. Or is it your fault, my fault, that we don't reach up, grab it, and go, no, 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 no. You're not getting this seed today. You are not. Get away. Get away. You're not taking this today. I'm grabbing this. I'm going home. It's Sunday afternoon. I'm not going to take a nap. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do some planting. I'm going to, I'm going to dig and I'm going to plant and I'm going to make sure that that sermon is going to take root in me so that it actually springs up into something. Something happens, something transformative, something beneficial, not just, oh, I remember three points, but something actually occurs. Is it the soil's fault? Is it our fault? Is it the bird's fault? I'm going to back this up just a little bit. I'm going to back this up just a little bit. Here we go. Let's listen again. The word about the dying God, the word of life, the word of warning, gone, devoured. Perhaps a feather is left in its place. Foul play. The picture Jesus gives within the parable of the sower unsettles. What could the birds refer to? We eavesdrop on what he said to his disciples. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Mark 4, 14 and 15. Who devours the rejected seed from sermon hearers then and now? Satan. He and his legions perch overhead. He pecks at the soil of our hearts His crooked beak steals away the miracle seed. His twitchy eyes shift to and fro, looking for gospel truth to devour. This is a horrible revelation. Demon birds hovering overhead. 
keen, surveying, looking down upon your congregation for ignored gospel words, hungry. We can imagine our discomfort if physical birds lofted above us during the sermon. How agitated we would feel if every time Jesus was mentioned, they swooped down and came pecking at our ears. Now, that's a beautiful illustration. That's a beautiful illustration that the next time you go to church, you imagine that there are birds all there up in the rafters looking down at you. You can hear them. You can hear the feathers. They're all around you. And as soon as the pastor says, or like I did yesterday, open your Bibles to James chapter one, that as soon as I start trying, as I try and I, and see yesterday, I, this is one of those days, yesterday we had some problems in the first hour where we lost the recording because of some technical logical issues. So their <laughs> technology swept down and ate the word. But I, I felt that the second hour, and I felt last night when we dealt with Matthew uh, 24, I believe, when we dealt with temptation and, and Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning, and Sunday night, it's one of those days when I drove away, I felt, wow, I think I, think I really did a decent job in trying to explain that passage. And I think I provided some interesting perspectives. I really hope it, it, it sparks some, some conversation and some meditation and some thinking. And I'm really hoping my, my email box will be filled up with people going, wow, I, I've never considered that kind of perspective on temptation before. Now, so far, it hasn't sparked much of anything, but I, that's one of those times where I felt like maybe, maybe this is, this is one that's really going to, to spark something. That, that was my feeling. Most of the time I, I get in the car and go, man, that was trash. That was garbage. But this is one time that no matter what I messed up, I felt that there was enough positive there that hopefully something good would come from it. But can we, should we? And maybe we, maybe the next time you sit in church and the next time I stand behind the pulpit, I'm going to imagine as soon as I say, like yesterday, open your Bibles to James chapter one, that immediately, oh, look, their birds are all over the place. They're gathered all over the place. And as soon as I start preaching, whew, here comes the birds and they're, sw- they're just swarming all, all around. They're, they're, they're swooping down and they're, they're nibbling and they're grabbing and they're taking. And, and most of the people just don't care. They just like, whatever. They're not that interested in trying. No, get away, get away, get away. I'm grabbing onto this seed and you're not get you're not getting it. Again, is, is it, is it our responsibility? Now, how do we, do we need to fight the birds off during the sermon or is the issue we need to be working on the soil of our heart prior to getting to church? Like really, what, what is the issue here? Again, is the issue the soil or is the issue the birds? But I think it's a beautiful illustration to just think the next time you're in church, imagine birds all around you. And as soon as the word of God is preached, what I think some people when church is over, all they're not left with the seed of God's word. They're just left with their judgment, their criticism, and 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 their disagreement. They're not. They're that's all they can. That's all they can focus on. Let, let's let's listen to some more of this. But Jesus reveals something more alarming, more disturbing to his disciples. These ravens feed with malice upon words that would save sinner souls. Most regular church attender. Many of us do not think of Satan much. 
he thinks much of us. You might imagine him among the murderous, adulterous, and false religionists on a Sunday morning, not the church. Yet behold, one of his great objects of villainy every Sunday, to rob hearts of truth-filled, Christ-exalting sermons. You and I might miss a Sunday sermon. He doesn't. You and I might neglect feasting upon the word. He won't. The devil is the most regular and most attentive church attender. He does not. Oh, that's, that's a powerful thought. We may not feed on God's word. Satan will feed on God's word. We may miss a sermon. He doesn't miss a sermon. That, 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 wow. What, that's, that's something to give much thought and consideration to. That, that, I mean, this, when, when I, when I saw this article, I was like, wow, I, this, this gives me something to really think about. And Jesus is clearly using this, obviously, in an illustrative way, right? So he's trying to make a point, but the point, I, and again, I think the point is more about the soil of the heart, about the condition of the heart than it is the bird. But I mean, or the birds or Satan, I think it's more about our heart, but it, it, it is a powerful illustration. Hey, you may not be paying any attention to the sermon. You may not be feeding on the sermon, but Satan did. And he took the spiritual food that was meant for you. He, he took the spiritual food that was meant for me. So where is that spiritual food today that you were given yesterday? Did a bird carry it off? It's had no spiritual impact on you in any way, shape, or form because you don't even remember it. Now, I've looked at too many statistics and I've watched it in my own life. No matter how hard I preach on a Sunday, no matter how hard, say a Sunday morning, no matter how hard I preach on a Sunday morning, no matter how many times I repeat my points, no matter how many times I review by Sunday night or next Sunday, nobody can even remember what I talked about. Now, again, is it Satan? Satan got fed. The people didn't get fed. Satan was there. Were the people even there or were they somewhere else? Let's continue. A feast for nourishment. He feasts so you won't that sinners might not find or continue with Christ. Luke's account has it, the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Paul calls it, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus would have us hear and through hearing with faith See his glory. Listen, behold, he began the sermon. Dismiss, ignore, is what the birds shriek. But how do they do it? How they devour. How do demons steal the word from hearts? How do these birds devour the word? And while they do so decisively and finally, with the unregenerate and dismissive sermon here, my assumption and sad experience is that he has stolen, ignored, half-heard sermons from God's children's mouths as well. Now, I think that's a good point. 
Because I think a lot of times we focus here that Satan devours the word and takes it from the unregenerate. But I believe he clearly takes it from the, the, the saved as well, from the unregenerate and the regenerate, from the, from the saved and the lost. Because, I, because if, if this person has experienced it, it uh, as well, I know I've experienced it in my own life. Think of, I can't even begin to imagine how many sermons I have heard in my life. Like, like the number would be astronomical of just all the sermons I have heard because basically I have rarely missed church and from, uh, I've not missed a Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, basically church service. Very few if, if in my entire Christian life. I mean, I've missed some, obviously, but I'm saying it would be very small. That's just my church attendance. Don't even get me started on how many sermons I've listened to, you know, either going, dating myself, Christian radio, cassettes, CDs, and then, of course, all when the internet came around, I mean, it's just... A spiritual, I mean, it's it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It's more than a feast. It's like we are we're drowning in sermons and theology and conference, uh, you know, messages and lectures and seminary lessons. And I mean, just I mean, we just there's so much I've heard and listen and listen and listen and listen and listen and listen. How much of it ever stuck with me? How much of it did anything? And how much of it was just while Satan was doing the feeding? I do. I believe it's I I believe and at least in some way, shape or form. Yes, I think this is maybe the primary focus is on the unregenerate, right? And Satan takes that, but I think Satan takes from the, from the regenerate as well. But I think the issue is, is the issue the bird or is the issue the condition of the soil? Though it cannot finally starve us into hell. C.S. Lewis gives us an answer at the beginning of the Screwtape letters. Screwtape, a senior demon, counsels his nephew Wormwood to stop employing argument to secure his patient's unbelief. Rather, simply give him jargon, he counsels. To illustrate, he tells a story of one of his humans who wandered off into dangerous thoughts, Christian thoughts, while at the British Museum. Before I knew where I was, I saw my 20 years' work beginning to totter. If I had lost my head and begun to attempt a defense by argument, I should have been undone. But I was not such a fool. I struck instantly at the part of the man which I had best under my control and suggested that it was just about time he had some lunch. Sunday afternoon lunch. How many profitable sermon words has the contemplation of the after-service meal stolen from believer and unbeliever alike? Oh, that's that's some serious, serious... uh, challenge right there. It may be offensive to some people. It may make some people angry, but I wonder how many sermons have been stolen simply by the thinking, planning, desiring, and partaking of the after-service, after-sermon lunch. When church is over, I mean, it's, it's, it's inevitable. You know it. People are immediately, immediately the attention turns to what are we having for lunch? Where are we going? And then you go to lunch. And rarely is there going to be discussion about the sermon during the lunch. Everybody's focused on the food or focused on the weather or what are we going to do today? Or they want to hurry up and get done with lunch so they can get their Sunday afternoon nap. 
I wonder, I wonder between the after sermon lunch and the after sermon nap, what, by the time people wake out of their stupor, I wonder where the sermon is. Where did the sermon go? Satan has devoured it. Satan has feasted upon it. And we are like, oh, you know, got to get that. And listen, I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I'm saying, look, I'm the one who preaches the sermon. And without fail on the way home, I immediately begin to think, what am I going to have for lunch? Number two, okay, what am I going to do when I get home? All right, I'm going to eat. Do I take a, do I take a little bit of break? And then do I go up there and do another live broadcast, a Sunday afternoon broadcast? Oh, wait a minute. I got to start focusing on what I'm going to preach Sunday night. See, for me, as soon as the sermon is over, I'm on to the next thing. I'm on to the next live broadcast. I mean, if you, if you pay attention to this podcast many times by Sunday afternoon around 3 p.m. or 3.30, I'm already on the air again talking about something different. Then by 6 p.m., I'm on the air again talking about something different. So in some, in some, and in sometimes Sunday night after church, I'm on the air again. There have been Sundays where I preach. I teach Sunday school. I teach Sunday morning. I do a live broadcast somewhere between three and four PM. I preach at six PM and then I'm back on the air Sunday night, eight or nine PM. Sometimes all of that is, and, and none, none of that is repeating anything. Those are all different topics, different issues, different subjects. So when I'm doing that, what what's left? Like, like, do I even remember? Forget the food, forget, I don't take a nap, but forget the food, forget anything. For, forget if I turn on television to watch any football or anything else that I may do. I'm already on to the next sermon. So if it's hard enough for, so this is just not an issue with the church members. This is the issue with the pastor as well. I just got to go from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And what 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 happens? Now, even if Satan doesn't come down to devour it, it's clearly just lay, the seed is just laying on the ground and I've already moved on. Simple suggestions from the enemy about lunch, that annoying mannerism of the preacher, the volcanic warmth in the sanctuary, Mr. Jones's glaring bald spot staring at you in the pew ahead, or Mrs. Jones's unavoidable perfume. Anything and everything but the word. Pecking at the mind. But can Satan really distract us by placing thoughts into our minds? He can, and he does. Satan distracts, suggests, and lies in order to steal the word from us. Satan incited David to sin and take a census of Israel. The devil filled Ananias' heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Satan put it into the heart of Judas to betray Christ. And before we and before we get into a big dis- we could get into a big discussion about Satan. So we're not going to go into that discussion here. Just remember, with Satan or without Satan, we have a sinful nature that in and of itself is never focused on that which is spiritual, which will focus on all of these other things without even the help of Satan. 
right? We're going to focus on, ah, uh, the pre- preacher said this, or I didn't like this, or well, I disagreed with this, and so-and-so was irritating this, and this, and man, I'm busy, and I'm tired, and I got to get home, and I want to eat, and I got work tomorrow, and just whatever. We have a million other things that we will focus on other than saying, oh, no, 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 no. God's word was preached. God's word was, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I mean, James, for, for, for my church yesterday, James 1, I'm going to grab onto James 1, and I'm going to think about that. I'm going to, he gave me, see, two progressions in James 1. He gave me a, maybe a different, a different understanding of temptation. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to plant this. I'm going to go home and plant this. But no, a million, I guarantee you, if I was to, if, if I was even to contact the people in my church today, I, it would be interesting if they could even remember what I preached on. I, 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 but the same thing, again, I've already moved on, right? I mean, I, I've already moved on. Because guess what? Now I have to plan. It's Monday. So guess what I have to do? I preached James 1. I preached on and Matthew and Peter and, and being a false security. And when we're dealing with temptation, I, I, I remember obviously everything that I preached, but it's Monday. So now guess what? I have to start focusing on, oh, wait, got to do a today's focus broadcast. Wait a minute. Need to do this. Wait a minute. We need to do this. And so I got to start thinking about all the broadcast that I'm going to do this week. I've already, so I will have to move on past the sermon. We, we got a new week of Bible study exercise I need to introduce. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 4. And before we know it, then we'll be on to the next thing. And then we'll be on to the next thing. Sometimes uh, it, it doesn't even require, require Satan trying to distract us. Paul warns us not to be deceived and have our thoughts led astray from a pure devotion to Christ. Satan lies to us. And when he does, he speaks out of his own character as the father of lies. He captures people to do his will by untruths. His stratagems against us haven't changed since the garden. Our enemy brings thoughts to our mind that are not wholly ours. Commenting on this text, John Piper highlights three ways Satan steals the seed. Through inattention, ill will, and ignorance. Commenting on inattention, he writes, Satan works over time to keep people from giving serious attention to the word of God. Now, Satan steals the word by getting people not to give their attention to it. They, they, they give it inattention. Now, here's the thing. Yesterday's sermon, how much attention have you given it? Come on, just be honest. How much attention have you given it? Yesterday's sermons. Well, again, I, I say I keep I, I'd be going from the singular to the plural. I know I keep going back and forth and not being consistent there because I just don't know how many you got. I don't know how how much church you attended yesterday. Some of you, even if you didn't go to a physical place, you may have sat at home and listened to ten sermons. I mean, just think about it. You could wake up on a Sunday morning. Just think of the sermons two app. You could wake up on a Sunday morning at around seven a.m. and you just think of how many sermons just listening to the live broadcast on the Sermons 2.0 app, how many sermons could you listen to between Sunday morning around 8 a.m. and Sunday night, 8 p.m.? Now, you could listen to, I mean, that's, there's just so much out there, but how much attention would you actually give to them? You could have a notebook. You could have a notebook full of all your notes. Most of the people in my church take very, very, very good notes. That's great. Now, I think that's, I think that's, that's at least a step in the right direction because you're hearing, you're writing. Wonderful. But how much attention did you give it to, give to it after? 
Because if not, then, then the seed is there, but you're not grabbing it and you're not planting it. You're not planting it. So inattention, I think, I, I don't, I, I think we can all agree that we give a lot, we don't give much attention sometimes to the sermons that we hear. I'm not saying that we hate them. I'm not saying that we're trying to be dismissive of them. I think that just we have a tendency, we hear, and then our attention immediately goes somewhere, somewhere else. It's like, it's like, oh, 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 okay. I'm going to keep using my, my sermon yesterday for an example. Oh, he preached on James chapter one. Oh, wow. Okay. He really gave an interesting perspective on butterfly. Butterfly. Well, well look over the butterfly, but. I thought we were talking about James. James 1, what are you talking about? Didn't you see the butterfly? Wait, 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 wait. Look, look, look. Airplane. Airplane. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wind. Wait, wait. Weather. Wait, wait, wait. Football. Wait, baseball. Lunch. Nap. Okay, yeah, you, you get the idea. We, we immediately, boom, our attention goes somewhere else. And the sermon is just left there. Neglected. Well, the birds come down and take it away. He may keep you up late Saturday night so that you can't stay awake during the sermon or Sunday school. He may put a dozen different distractions around you in the service to take your mind away from the message. He may send thoughts into your mind about tomorrow's meeting with your supervisor. If he can only distract you so that the sounds coming out of the preacher's mouth go in one ear and out the other, you will have successfully taken away the word of God and made it ineffectual for you. And attention is his game. Now see Satan hovering above you, suggesting trifles, mocking and bringing endless distractions to your mind to keep the truth from germinating. When the good word meets hard soil or good but unprepared soil, he strikes to steal. When we Now see, I think that I think the focus I think the focus is the soil. I think it's us, right? The birds are the, we like the reality is Satan is there. The birds are there to sweep down and grab the seed. That's the reality. But I think the issue is the birds can't get it if the soil will immediately take that word and it's planted deep inside. It, it, we, we grab onto it. We hold on to it. We, 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 we're, we don't ignore it. We give it its attention. We take it. We plant it. We meditate on it. We think about it. We talk about it. We discuss it. We, we seek to apply it. We seek to do something with it. We long for a distraction, Satan will provide it. How many well-timed daydreams about the football game or this week's plans have stolen serious contemplations about Christ from our own hearts Sunday after Sunday? To those who hear sermons. Dear Christian reader, the pew is a battleground. Every week, either we will feast on the word or Satan will. He sees the significance of the word preached weekly to us, do we? He visits your church. That malicious spirit is unwearied in his efforts to do us harm, J.C. Ryle assures. He is ever watching for our halting and seeking occasion to destroy our souls. But nowhere, perhaps, is the devil so active as in a congregation of gospel hearers. Nowhere does he labor so hard to stop the progress of that which is good, and to prevent men and women from being saved. From him come wandering thoughts and roving imaginations, 
listless minds and dull memories, sleepy eyes and fidgety nerves, weary ears and distracted attention. In all these things, Satan has a great hand. People wonder where they come from and marvel how it is that they find sermons so dull and remember them so badly. They forget the parable of the sower. They forget the devil. Is it not the case that sometimes we do not even make it to the parking lot before it is as though we had never heard a sermon? Let us remember Satan on Sunday mornings. Not out of paralysis, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, but out of preparation. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And un- I think that it's an interesting perspective, right? We t- we, when we think about spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, a lot of times we think in, in regards to our conflict, quote unquote, with the culture or with, with sinners or, or with sinful things, but maybe spiritual warfare really happens and we need to see spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare really needs to happen inside uh, sitting in the pew, inside the sanctuary, inside the church, that when, before we even arrive at church, we need to put on the full armor of God. We need to be engaging in spiritual warfare right there because while we're sitting in the pew, the birds have gathered there for a feast and the feast is God's word. And what we have to do is take on the spiritual armor to engage in that battle going, no, 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 no. I am going to give my full attention to the word. I'm going to show up prepared. I'm going to grab that sermon. I'm going to grab the word that is that is sown and I'm going to plant it deep in me. I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare sitting in the pew. We think of, you know, I need to put on the spiritual armor when I go to work. I need to put on the spiritual armor to live in this horrible fallen world. No, you need the spiritual armor when you go to church and you sit in the pew because Satan's birds are gathered all around to feast on the very word. And that you sit there, you go to church, you may pat yourself on the back going, look, I attended church, but the word has been taken from you. Because of now inattention or, or, and all of our other things that we have a, a tendency to, to let take, that we let happen that takes the word from us. Concerned sermon here. May I plead with you in closing. A man may refuse to leave his jail cell for the promise of freedom that Christ offers, but he might reconsider if he knew a tiger is in his cage. You are not alone in your unbelief. Satan is with you. He abets your pretense of atheism and lays siege on your attention and blinds you from the glory of Christ. Before you get to the parking lot, bereft of what you just heard, Satan has visited you and ate what you would not. Let us all then heed Jesus' warning to be more careful how we hear. What a powerful thought. Uh, Now, I'm going to give you a couple of things to consider today. First, you may want to look up, if you can find, J.C. Ryle's exposition or expository thoughts on Luke, all right? J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Luke, J.C. Ryle, Expository Thoughts on Luke. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can, how easy this is to find. J.C. Ryle, Expository, 
ex- expository thoughts on Luke, if I can speak correctly. Hang on, let me hear, do this. I'm going to put here J.C. Ryle. I'm going to mark that. Okay, there we go. Expository thoughts on Luke. Okay, here we go. See, we can find it. Well, first of all, you can you can clearly purchase it. Um, Banner of Truth. Okay, there's actually you may be able to find it uh, for free online. Let me look here. Yes. Uh, I think you can find them online. I don't think it should be too much trouble. If you go to, uh, it says, here's, uh, there we go. Um, if you go to monergism.com, you can find them all. Here's uh, J.C. Ryle, Expository Thoughts on the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, the one on Luke, okay, hang on, let's see here. Give me one second to look something else up because I want to point you to this. Hang on, I'm looking something up here for you because I want to make sure. Is it Luke 8? Yes, I think it's Luke 8. So you would want to find, uh, see here, I believe it's Luke 8. Yes, the parable of the sower, Luke 8, 4 through 15. So you'll want to find J.C. Ryle, expository thoughts on Luke, and look at his uh, words on the parable of the sower, Luke 8, 4 through 15, because some of what we just heard was clearly based off what J.C. Ryle had said. They quote directly from J.C. Ryle. They also quote a little bit from C.S. Lewis. They quoted from a number of sources, but I want you to just really maybe dig into that today. What I, if I can, um, if I can get, um, I may try to turn J.C. Ryle's, uh, well, 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 we'll, we'll come back to this. We'll definitely come back to this and maybe I can provide a PDF file so that everyone can just look at it, uh, easy. So if I do, I'll record another episode letting you know. But today, if you may, may want to look for J.C. Ryle expository thoughts on Luke and look at what he had to say about Luke chapter eight, verses four through 15, which is the parable of the sower, because what we just listened to really relied a little bit on what J.C. Ryle had to say. Not saying you should agree with everything, but it will add more to this discussion. Or you can forget this and then Satan will feast upon it. Think about this. All right. So there's an additional resource. There's an additional resource. All right. The other thing I want you to remember, I would love for you today to take the time. I don't know if you will do this. I would love for you to take the time today. I'm going to see if I can find it believe it's Luke chapter 8, I believe it's verse 15. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Um, let's see here. Is it Luke 8, 15? It's Luke 8, 18. Here we go. Luke 8, 18. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for who, for Whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall it be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. I want you to focus on that first part of Luke chapter 8, verse 18 today. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. I want you to think today about how you hear sermons. I want you to think about how many times what you have left un devoured what you have failed to eat, Satan will devour. How many sermons have you heard and you did not 
partake. You did not eat of the of the seed that was sown. You did not eat of the word. You just left it there. It's like, here's the pastor handing you plate after plate after plate after plate of spiritual food, and you're just taking it, and you're just throwing it to the ground. You're just throwing it to the ground. You're just throwing food all over the church, and Satan is coming down and devouring it, and then you leave, and then like, well, I didn't get anything because you didn't devour it. You didn't take it. And then you go home, you forget it, and it's gone. We've got to take heed how we hear. We've got to see spiritual warfare as what takes place in the pew. The pew is a spiritual battleground. We got to come to the church prepared, the soil prepared, dressed in spiritual armor so that when Satan swoops down to try to take the seed of the word, we can we can stand against him, we can send him back, and then we can take that word, protect it, go home, plant it, devour it, so that it can take root in us, so that it can produce and do what God's word is designed to do. But J.C. Ryle, expository thoughts on Luke would probably be a good place to just give you some additional thinking on this today. But I want you to just, I I really, look, today's focus, all I'm supposed to do is just kind of present you some ideas so you have something to focus on today. This is only supposed to be 15 minutes long. We've gone 43 minutes, which is what I always say, and it always happens. But that's okay. This today, this was worth it because yesterday's sermon. Where is it today? Where is yesterday's sermon? Where is it? That's what I want you to think about. That's what I want you to consider. Email me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Take heed how you hear. That is your today's focus for Monday, April the 17th, 2023.